Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hope everybody had a great and safe Easter weekend and got some more time with the family if you aren't already spending every waking second with your family during quarantine or however you're spending this uh, coronavirus pandemic. But uh, I'm Billy with me, Sonny Ship, to break down a few topics today. Uh, Sonny, how was your guy Easter? Good man, it was good. We um, bought some uh, bought some crawfish here at the house, just the fam, and um, you know, just kind of just kept it low key, like we've uh, <laughs> like we've been doing for about a month now. And uh, how was yours? Uh, how was yours in Tampa? Anything anything good on the uh, on the menu? You know, we kept it pretty easy on the on the menu front, but we were able to kind of get away and spend some time by the pool and. And relax a good bit as a fam and you know trend and watford luckily uh, we have pre-rides for stuff like that so that didn't take up a whole uh afternoon working on that but you know just kind of relaxed and chilled after another another uh week of grinding away here in in quarantine yeah you got lucky that was a softball for you the worst is i can remember uh foster moreau committing on twitter on christmas eve and then, of course, you know, every source who can confirm a commitment like that is doing stuff with the family like I should have been doing. And then, uh, you know, then, of course, you know, it ended up where he wasn't a take at the time. So he deleted the tweet. Of course, we all know how the the, um, you know, his career went and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you got lucky with that one, man. Got very lucky. Elias Ricks was another one. Seems like every time on a holiday, something is going to happen. Yeah, and I remember I was about to bring up the Ricks one. Uh, that was uh, luckily kind of Christmas morning still. Hadn't you know gotten into milk punch too much and uh, was able to uh, not have to worry about confirming that one. A five-star corner, I figured he was uh, good to go. Uh, yeah, you're good. Yeah, that's one you run with. <laughs> and if it's not good to go, then that's LSU's fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And speaking of another five-star, you men- mentioned him, Trendon Watford. Uh, declaring for the NBA draft on Sunday afternoon. And for this one, and we, you alluded to it, I alluded to it in, in some nighttime notes leading up to it, this was pretty expected for LSU to, to see Trendon opt to declare and test the waters. He's not hiring an agent. He's retaining his eligibility so he can still return. After an all-SEC freshman season, I think it's pretty natural for him to go ahead and get some feedback from the next level. Yeah. And, you know, like like you like you mentioned, uh, I I think we kind of expected it. Um, You know, I think when you look at his game, when you look at what he did this past year, uh, you know, and I'm pulling this off the top of my head. I want to say he averaged like a little bit over 13 points, uh, right around seven boards a game. Nothing, uh, nothing really earth shattering. But I think when you look at his, you know, when, when he came in, I think most pegged him as a one and done type of player. Five star recruit, 
Um, I, I, I think he was like number 18 in the composite, if I'm not mistaken. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think this really surprised anyone. Um, CBSSports.com in their latest big board uh, for the 2020 draft. They've got him uh, right now, number 43. Um, obviously, that could go up, that could go down. I know he started off at number 36, so he already dropped seven spots. Granted, that was before he announced, but that was if he if he would announce. And when I look at when when I look at his game, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you know, if I'm wrong or if I'm not seeing something, but I see a guy who could use another year of college strictly from the standpoint of his game in the NBA is going to be built off of, off of strength and off of power as a power forward. He's not a, he's not a prolific outside shooter. He's not a guy who can drive and who can penetrate, who can, who can make a lot of, uh, make a lot of plays on his own. And so him getting bigger, him getting stronger, him adding a little more experience, developing some more low post moves, you know, to me, all of that just says, okay, why not wait one more year, especially with all the uncertainty, uh, you know, dealing with what the nation's dealing with right now. Um, you know, I, I thought he was a kind of 50, 50 guy could go, couldn't, uh, you know, could decide to come back, but, you know, how, how do you feel? Am I completely wrong on 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 that assessment of him? No, I'm I'm with you. I think he needs another year of college basketball, and specifically, in he can round out all of those things that you talked about. But defensively is probably where I see the need for him to take a step. Yeah, forward. And, absolutely. And and that was what a lot of people you know talked about Nas Reed last year. That was probably the area he needed to improve on, but. Nas Reed 6'11 and is, is, you know, been compared. And I, and I know a lot of people will, will probably push back on this, but kind of like a point guard with, with a 6'11 body. But with that size, he was able to go ahead and go to the NBA draft. And of course, he went undrafted. I see Trendon needing that extra year to kind of round out his game a little bit more. Maybe another year with Greg Golden in the weight room. And Will Wade said it as well. He needs to improve his shooting as well to kind of. Again, just round out his game. He's got the effort, the motor, the the IQ down uh, from that respect, and he just needs another year. So it'll be interesting to watch his process. And his family's no stranger to the NBA with uh, and the professional ranks with his brother Christian having a career overseas and being in Indiana, uh, really a legend over there. But it's going to be, uh, like I said, an, an interesting process for him to navigate and I think, uh, no, you're spot on. Another year of college basketball would do him wonders. And speaking of some some NBA-type prospects, Musa Cisse, the 2021 five-star big man, top 10 overall prospect on 24-7 sports in that class, who could very well reclassify, dropped his top 10 schools list on Sunday night and included LSU in the mix there. And this is somebody that we've been talking about on, on the board for a while, and if he does reclassify to 2020, I think LSU is in the strongest position. And when you look at the roster for next year, landing CSA would be about as big as it gets. Yeah, he, uh, he you know, and, and 
to me, the biggest question that I look at, you know, is he going to reclassify? If he if he is going to reclassify, then all of a sudden that just, you know, for, for me, that puts his uh, his recruitment in a whole in a, in a whole different setting. What is the word on that right now? What do you think is what do you think is going to happen with that? Do you think he's going to reclassify? I think so. I've talked with a couple of people that that feel like it's trending in the right direction for him to to make that move to 2020. And then if it, if he does stay in 2021, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole nother year of recruiting, and you never know how it'll play out. But most that I talk with feel like if he does go to 2020, which I think kind of the it's trending that way. And of course, the coronavirus has mucked up everything in recruiting. I would say, but whether it's basketball, or football, but they said it as good of a spot as anybody to land him in 2020. Now, for those who are, uh, you know, for, for those who, who may not be as familiar with him, uh, you know, obviously as you are, what does he need to do to be able to reclassify? Does it involve like taking classes? Does it involve taking like some online courses or? Yeah, he's been working towards it for a while and I'm not so sure it's, the test score aspect of it, it could be, and we'll see kind of how the NCAA handles all of that with, you know, the, the inability right now for those tests to be taken in person, I, I from my understanding. So I, I would think it's kind of a getting your core classes together. Most of these guys that do this, if they haven't been preparing for this for a long time, you have to take some over the summer and, and get that right. He's probably going to be a late decision type of player uh, to, to make this move kind of like in Vale Dante, but most I've talked with uh, feel like it's a little more cut and dry for LSU to to land him if he does reclassify rather than Dante, which was kind of all over the place. We heard rumors whether it was Oregon or Kentucky or Kansas or LSU uh, in that recruitment. And that would be, I tell you what, if he could reclassify, I mean, you're talking about some big time help at a uh, at a position of need, especially if Trenton Watford does go ahead and and uh, you know and, and go to the NBA or overseas, uh, you know, like we alluded to earlier, because now you've already got uh, Bradley Ezawiro uh, signed, six eight two thirty, a big man who's gonna you know who can play in the middle. Sharif O'Neal, 6'9", 205. You know he's going to put on some weight. I mean, with his dad's frame, the way that it is. And then if you, and then when you talk about Musa right here, the 6'10", 220-pound guy, all of a sudden, you know, you've got some rim protectors. And that was something that this team, Williams could get up. He could make some plays here and there, you know, a high-flying a high flying dunk here and there. But I think we saw against Kentucky – that LSU really, uh, you know, really lacked having those rim protectors, those guys that can go up, that can, uh, you know, make some t- contested jump hooks, that can that can really play above the rim because it seemed like, man, it seemed like in that Kentucky game, the first 10 minutes, it seemed like Kentucky probably swatted away five or six shots early on. Yeah, rim protector was something that while the Tigers did a really, really good job rebounding, I think somebody in there like Cavell Bigby Williams that they had affecting shots, the lack of that last year really hurt them defensively. And Musa Cisse would be able to step in right away and contribute at a high level. And um, look, I mean, he he is uh, we can talk a lot more about him if, if he ends up at LSU and he'd be quite the land to round out this 2020 class. But I think we need to move on to the football side of things where a couple of developments over the weekend happened, including one of Louisiana's best. 
dropping his top six schools in Chris Hilton. Yeah, Chris Hilton drops the top six, and uh, right now it looks like uh, right now, well, it's uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M. No big surprise is in there for me, um, you know, as far as those six right there. You had mentioned before that you, uh, you know, that he was a guy that you wouldn't be surprised if he left the state, uh, you know, especially with Louisiana, as deep as it is, uh, you know, in this class right here with the wide receivers. And and I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. And it's not really because... I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard that I've heard anything that that just screams LSU has work to do. Something happened in the past. A a, a previous relationship affected this. He just kind of seems he just kind of seems like a guy to me who, you know, one isn't worried about isn't wor- too worried about leaving home to go stay. And LSU is going to lose three receivers from this from this uh, for 2020 squad. Racy McMath, Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase. I fully expect those two uh, those two juniors to declare. And I think Chris Hilton, for me, I think that the numbers that LSU could potentially take in this wide receiver class, which I've got at four. Wouldn't be surprised if there was a fifth one in there, if he is an av- the athlete variety, like a Malik Neighbors, who could play on either side of the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of wonder if that if those numbers are going to uh, are going to affect him, because we know it's going to affect some of these receivers. There are so many elite receivers in Louisiana in this uh, 2021 class, and LSU is simply not going to be able to take them all. So he's a guy that uh, I know you've express that concern about and and i uh you know I, I probably have a little reservation myself yeah and when talking with him it seems like really a, his top six is probably more of a top three with lsu bama and georgia seeming to be the schools that are really in the mix for him and so i i think it's going to be a battle between those three and, and like you said um it wouldn't shock me if he went out of state I put in an early crystal ball pick for him to land at LSU way back when, you know, he was named the the top receiver in the state at the time. And um, I I can still see a world where he's at LSU and uh, he's somebody that with him being right down the road and Zachary, I think they've got to really prioritize and and try to get him on. Because as far as I think slot receivers go, he's exactly how you'd want to draw up uh, one for LSU's offense. Yeah, and 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 a thing that's going to be interesting to note with him is he he is an he's an elite high jumper, and I'm you know I'm fairly certain he's going to. I know he said this. We hear a lot of people, a lot of kids, to say this. I want to do two sports in college, but I, I really think that he's going to high jump in college too. And when you look at you say Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, you think that's his top three. When you look at those three schools from a track and field standpoint, LSU's the cream of the crop. I mean, we're talking about a track program that was number one on the women's and the men's side, uh, you know, before the coronavirus ended the, uh, you know, ended the season before they could actually go and do the conference and the national championships. So that's going to be something that is going to help LSU. And, um, you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, if he does decide to stay in state, I think that that would probably be a, a really big factor. 
I agree with you there. And that's a great point that probably isn't talked about enough in this, if he's going to indeed do track in college. Uh, LSU's right there at the top of the country uh, in track and field right now. And um, right at the top of, really, I think everybody's watchboard right now for, for LSU's potential next commitment is four-star quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer. But I talked with him on Sunday. He was supposed to make his decision privately this weekend and then announce uh, his public decision the weekend of LSU spring game. But that was a while ago. That was back before the coronavirus pandemic started. He had set that decision date back in early February. And now he's taking a wait-and-see approach, and he's trying to hope and hold out that he's going to be able to take a couple visits. Baylor, North Carolina, Texas, kind of among those that he wants to get back to along with LSU. Uh, but what do you make of, of Garrett's you know, decision process and kind of how this thing might play out? It's it's absolutely what I would expect. We're talking about a we're talking about a kid who grew up in an NFL household. His dad, uh, Doug Nussmeyer, played uh, college football at Idaho, went to the NFL Combine, uh, tried his hand at the NFL, and then you know was the offensive coordinator at um, at Florida, coach at Alabama he's recently coached with the uh with the Dallas Cowboys that's where he has the relationship with Scott uh with Scott Linehan and so I would you know if he would announce his commitment now it would it would really really surprise me just from the standpoint he's going to he's going to dot his eyes he's going to cross his t's he's going to make sure that when he makes a commitment that it's done there's no question in his mind. There's no reason for him to even think, of, you know, to wonder, well, what if? What if I would have taken some more visits? What if this NCAA mandated dead period that is, is basically going to be in effect for, you know, two and a half months? What if, what if, what if? I think he's going to take his time when, this, when, the, when recruits are able to get back out and to do some things over the summer, uh, which which I do think that that's where we're headed, that, uh, you know, that he'll take that trip to LSU. He may check out another place or two. Be interesting to see if he if he heads over to Baylor with the relationship that he has with former LSU offensive analyst George Munoz, who's now on uh, Dave Aranda's staff at Baylor. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, I, I think if he had to if he had to make a decision, if the NCAA said, OK, everybody's got to sign on April the 15th, that he'd say, OK, I'm good. I'm going to LSU. Yeah, I'm with you as well. His, his, his mom's side has some Baton Rouge ties as well, and he's been to LSU a lot. And so I've got my pick in for, for LSU to land him as as the quarterback in their class. And I think that's where it's trending. And like you said, he's he's just going to make sure that this is the right call because here's something to remember, too. These are unofficial visits that he wants to take. He told me that once he makes his decision, he wants to use his one uno- his one official visit as – a way to recruit for his class and and be on campus with some of these top targets. So I think that's important for people to understand with Nuss as well. So I think we've talked a little bit uh, long-winded on this first segment, so we're going to take a quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. We're going to come back, and we're going to fight and battle and bicker over who the sleeper in the 2020 recruiting class is as uh, those guys prepare for their, their first season in Baton Rouge with the Tigers. 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Quick reminder, guys, leave us a rating, leave us a review on the podcast, and let us know what you think. And also, take a minute and subscribe to Go 24-7 if you don't already. It's been a big, really, month on the site. I mean, as as much as we complain about the, the lack of sports right now, there's been tons to write about, tons of things to break down, and we've been bringing that to you guys on the site that are uh, subscribers already. So check that out. If, if you don't subscribe, uh, you can do so for just a buck. Sonny, uh, one of the things we've started doing is the morning buzz, debating some topics all across LSU, uh, whether it would be team or recruiting or what have you. And one of those is uh, who's the sleeper in the 2020 recruiting class. We dropped that on Monday morning. And uh, while I did go with a top 247 prospect and a four-star linebacker in Josh White, I felt like he's being slept on after his productive seasons in high school at Cy Creek, his athleticism, his leadership, his football IQ, I still think he's underrated as far as this class goes. No, I, I agree. And I think when you go back, you know, each week during the season, I would track I would I would track all the commit stats. And each week he was just posting double digit tackles. And, uh, you know, and I think he's exactly what LSU uh, is lacking right now on its roster. You know, you you look at LSU's hoping that Demond Clark, that he can fill the mic position in Bo Pelini's defense. Uh, you know, they're hoping that Jabril Cox can come in and he could potentially be the, the mic, and then that would allow Clark to be able to, uh, you know, to move to Sam or Will. If not, Cox would take one of those spots. But I don't think there's a, that there's a guy that you look at and you say, okay, this guy's got the instincts. This guy can read. This guy knows where to go. He he sifts through the trash. He gets off blocks. And to me, he's that guy in this class. Antoine Sampa, he showed that as a junior, but he missed half of his senior season with the knee injury that he was still rehabbing from. I think he's going to be a great addition. And if he can if he can if he can get a little bigger and get a little, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get some serious PT in 2020. 
Yeah, I'm with you on Josh White. I think with his speed, that's going to set him apart. But you picked Cole Taylor, uh, the tight end out of Colorado. What uh, what made you go with Cole Taylor there? I did, you know, and, and I, I'm also very, very high on, on Eric Gilbert. I, I think Eric Gilbert's going to, uh, you know, I think he's going to put up some really big numbers in this 2020 season. But I think, I think LSU has – you know, they wanted to have Stefan Sullivan be able to step up and kind of give them what Thaddeus Moss gave them last year. And I think if they would have been able to do that, then you possibly could have seen more sets where you had uh, where you had two tight ends on the field. Obviously, it was a lot tougher to do that because you wanted to flank Clyde Edwards Hilaire out and create those mismatches. Now, when I look at LSU's roster right now, I don't know if they have that guy, that running back, that they're going to feel very comfortable and confident about flanking out wide to give them a, a natural receiver and a threat on the outside. So I'm wondering if we're going to see more of, uh, you know, more sets in this 2020 season of Chase Marshall and Racy McMath and then Eric Gilbert and Cole Taylor on the, on the field together, because that basically that gives you five very talented pass catchers. You know, Eric Gilbert, the guy gets separation, the number one ranked tight end in the history of 24 seven sports. Um, you know, the numbers that he put up in, in high school were ridiculous for a very talented Marietta team. Cole Taylor didn't play on nearly as good of a team. He didn't have a quarterback that could really get him the ball like that. But what we do see from Cole Taylor is a guy with good hands, a guy who can go up and get the ball, and a guy who's comfortable and confident as a pass as a pass catcher. And so I just when I looked at when I looked at sleepers, and it's kind of hard to pick a sleeper when your class is ranked number four in the country. There's not a lot of sleepers out there to pick from. But I I, I think Cole Taylor's gonna to be a guy who is going to really surprise folks a year from now, two years from now. You know, everybody wanted to talk about the five-star phenom and Eric Gilbert, and and a lot of people kind of just forgot that there was a you know a three-star wide receiver ranked number 15 in the country at his position, and Cole Taylor from Colorado. I think Cole Taylor is going to far outplay that three-star ranking that he brought to Baton Rouge. Yeah, and Shay, just to give him a voice here, he picked Xavier Hill, uh, one of the top offensive guards in the country who's really physically probably ready to go, at least right now, step in. And if he had to play some snaps, he'd be able to from a physical standpoint. Of course, offensive linemen normally take some time to develop, but a quality pick there on Shay's front in the sleeper room uh, for the class of 2020, which will hopefully get on campus here in a few weeks and hopefully we'll get back to normal. Uh, normal operations and, and following the summer workouts and all of that, that would be a, a big, big positive uh, during all this. Yeah, it'd be a big lift, man. And, and, and I, I'm a, uh, you know, I, I'm an, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody would really label me an optimist, uh, but I am optimistic that we are going to see things kind of start to get back to normal. I think, you know, when we, when we, when we look at the numbers of the, you know, of, of the cases of those affected by the coronavirus, you know, you start to see some, you're starting to see some trends and some numbers that are actually going in a much better direction than they were before. And I just, uh, you know, I, I just have, I just have faith and I just have hope that, 
there's going to be a lot of advancements made in, in, in the medicinal aspect of it, uh, you know, that the, a vaccine will come, you know, before the uh, uh, not before the 2020 season, but maybe it's uh, at some point during it or early in the uh, early in 2021. And I just think that as, I think that as a nation that we're just going to get back to, uh, you know, everybody's just going to get back to wanting to wanting, wanting to be normal again, wanting to get back to some kind of normalcy. And if you're, you know, if, if you don't have health complications, if you, um, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're in a good position, then you'll feel confident. You'll feel confident and comfortable going to these sporting events and, so, yeah, I just, you know, I think we'll have that coming this summer and that all of uh, all of the the talk of not having live sports that we're going to get back to where we've got it again and stuff. And uh, we learn from we learn from this and we become stronger. Well, that'd be welcome news, man. And uh, it's my political speech for the day soon. But uh, <laughs> we've gone on long enough here. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Hope everyone stays safe, stays healthy, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.